You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we are talking about sex, the sexual experience. We're talking about you having an amazing sexual experience. We're talking about giving a woman an amazing sexual experience. This is a topic I haven't talked about in quite a while. I don't think I've talked about this since I did the sex series. If you want to check that out, that is just a little bit back, maybe three or four months back of episodes where I did a whole sex series. But since I haven't talked about it in a while, I wanted to talk about it today with a guest. Her name is Paige Lackey. Paige is another podcaster who's been doing podcasting but has taken a long break uh, over a year. So she did podcasting for a short little time, about eight to 10 episodes of her podcast called Two Girls Talk About Sex. And that podcast was a hit when it came out and she just fell off of it. I've been encouraging her to get back on it because I thought it was a good podcast. I thought it was very interesting, very real, very raw but almost in a mature way, not completely obnoxious like maybe some other podcasts, which you might be hearing about on this episode. Anyway, we talked about the sexual experience. We talked about some tips that she has for guys. We even talked about things that feel good for guys. We also talked about how to make it as pleasurable as possible for her. So you're going to get some really great tips I give some, she gives some, we talk about it, we have a discussion on it, and it's very entertaining as well as informative. A great episode, and I will be on her podcast, at least she said that, so it's not confirmed because nothing is until it is, but she said I will be on hers as the big return of her podcast, and I will be on that with her probably in the next couple weeks or so, so if you want to check that out, and she'll be asking me questions, so I'll be in the passenger seat. She'll be in the driver's seat and we'll be talking probably about sex, dating, relationships, all the above. So I'm excited to be there. Man, I have a lot of energy today. I think it's because as I've been talking about, I am on a completely new supplement regimen and I've been, like I said in one of my earlier episodes, that I've been prioritizing my health. So working on making sure that I'm doing things for the long run, longevity, taking the right supplements, eating the right foods, doing the right workouts. And that has left me just feeling amazing. Or it's placebo, who knows? But I don't know, this doesn't feel like placebo. I feel great today. Anyway, this is a great episode. You're gonna love it. You're gonna learn a lot. I know that there are guys out there who do feel a little stressed out when they hear an episode like this. They might even skip it over. Of course, that's not you because you're listening to this episode, but they might skip it over because they think, well, I'm not even having sex. So what's the whole point of learning about it if I'm not having it yet, if I don't even have a girl? And I don't want you to feel left out. I want you to get to the point where you are able to have amazing sexual experiences with women, whether it be one night stands, flings, or even long-term relationships. I want that for you. And I'm sure you want that for yourself. So don't be left in the dust join the coaching program. Join us. Trust me, there's a lot happening on the other side of this podcast. And I'm talking about masterminds, groups of guys who are learning this together, learning what, how to have the best dating profile to meet more women, how to go out there and approach women. They're also learning how to get over their approach anxiety. They're learning all about female nature and how to be a person that can attract a woman 
and attract one that you feel is beautiful, that is a good fit for you. So there's a mastermind that I'm always doing. There's one-on-one coaching with myself and other coaches who work under TripAdvice. So many options for you if you feel like you don't want to do this on your own and you want this faster. If you want this to be something that you don't have to sit back and just let happen to you, but actually take control of your life. And listen, I know that you're doing that right now by listening to this podcast, but some people want to take it even faster. That's where coaching comes in. Join us. Let's do this. We are rocking out. The amount of help that these guys are getting who are joining the program, the results that they're getting are incredible. I have so many testimonials that I've put up on the page and I have so many more that I've just been so busy that I have to still edit them and put them on the page of uh, coachedbytrip.com. It just, it's crazy. Really, it's crazy. The guys are just doing such a good job because they are listening to the advice. They are being held accountable and I'm guiding them and my team is guiding them along to be able to meet more women and attract more women in their town. And of course, you can use these skills anywhere, right? You can be traveling, you can be going places, wherever it may be. Uh, This is all possible wherever you go. So learn it. Join us today, coachedbytrip.com. You know the URL. You've listened to this before, coachedbytrip.com. Stop waiting. I'm speaking to you right now, the one who's been waiting Or maybe you just found this episode, found this podcast. Well, good for you. Now you can just get right to it. Coachedbytrip.com. We'd love to help you. All right, let's get into the interview with Paige. You're going to enjoy it. I know it. You know it. Here it is. Hey, Paige, what's going on? Hello, hello. So, okay, we pressed record because we were chatting. I said, you know what? Let's just keep talking here because it was good stuff for the podcast. So we were saying how maybe your dad could be a client of Trip Advice. Honestly, he read No More Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, yeah. A lot of my clients read that and people of this podcast listen to that. Yeah. I remember he was driving me back from Houston. We had this long road trip and we were just talking about it the whole time and like the psychology behind it and gaining confidence, being open. So... I know that he also watches like Matthew Hussey and stuff like that. So when I saw your YouTube, I was thinking my dad's definitely going to see this. (laughs) If he's still watching dating advice stuff, he's probably going to come across this. He probably will. Are you going to be okay with that? That's okay. My dad's chill. No, I'm not going to hold back. He understands. He'll probably just roll his eyes and be like, oh my gosh, Paige. But he gets it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And how old are you, Paige? 23. 23. And you, did you know that? I, no, I did not know. Unless I asked you, because I have to make sure anyone's over 18 to be in the podcast. And so you started your own podcast that is now dead called Two Girls. What was it called? Two Girls Talking About Sex. You know, it's funny. I had a podcast before this one called okay. Dudes Talking About Chicks. Oh my gosh. There we go. <laughs> I mean, uh, how funny is that? Like, how literal really can you funny. get, right? Yeah. When I actually was talking about chicks, two girls yeah. talking about sex. I was typing in your podcast today and I was like, how to talk to girls podcast is like so straightforward. I like it. I thought we had similar yeah. titles. Yeah. At this point blank. Yeah. Well, I mean, I titled it that because 
I wanted people to know what it was going to be about. Mm -hmm. The way you find a podcast, besides your friend telling you about it, is you're just scrolling through. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't imagine having a podcast that if it was trying to teach something and not mm -hmm. be like a funny, humorous podcast that you'd have to say what it's about, right? Yeah. How to talk to girls. That's what we're talking exactly. about. So mm -hmm. I reached out to you. It was funny because I found you on TikTok mm -hmm. and then I saw that you had a podcast. Mm -hmm. So you came up my, on my TikTok feed and it said, oh, I have a podcast about sex. And I was like, oh, let's check it out, right? Yeah. I know all the podcasts out there about sex, dating, and relationships. I was like, what's mm -hmm. this one? And then it said two girls talking about sex. And I go, I've seen this before. <laughs> like I've seen it before. I remember the picture. Mm -hmm. And I think it probably just, there's not a lot of, well, there's quite a bit of sex podcasts. I guess not as much as other genres, but mm -hmm. there's only so many. And so I remember seeing that. And so I was very excited by having you on, mainly because you've had a podcast before. Yeah. And having you on the podcast, it's just a lot different when I have a guest on here who has a podcast versus not. The conversation yeah. goes a little smoother. But also, yeah. I wanted to talk about sex because that is something yes. that you talk about. And I think the guys would like to hear. I mean, you're not like a sex therapist or a sexologist or anything like that, but you are a female in the world mm -hmm. and you are someone who's open about talking about it. Not everybody is. And I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. And guys want to learn about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so one of the main that's my story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons why I continued to do the podcast was because I grew up, you know, my parents and I, we didn't have many conversations that were comfortable about sex. It was always kind of like, let me drink this thing while I talk to you about sex because it's an uncomfortable thing. And just in our society, it's kind of poo-pooed to be open and talk about it. And I was kind of like, why? Like, sex is such a... Right? I mean, everyone does it. It's how we procreate the world. So we should open up the discussion and it should be more talked about and we should get rid of the stigma about talking about it because I think it's very helpful if we can help each other. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the only reason why we are living and breathing today is because two people somewhere had sexual intercourse and that is why we exist. Yet, That's right. I mean, there's a lot of theories, especially on religion, of why it's just something that people don't talk about. And I get, listen, it's not like people should have to talk about it or be forced to talk about it. But I also think that you're gonna wanna learn about it sometime. So mm -hmm. hopefully you have the access to learn, mm -hmm. especially if your parents aren't teaching you that. And I think it's sad that if your parents aren't sitting down and teaching about the birds and the bees, well, they have a podcast like this or yeah. wherever, hopefully not pornography, but a place where they can learn about it. And it's yeah. like, I agree with you. It should be more normalized. I think it's becoming more normalized in our culture. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think it is. I think it is but, for sure. But not to the degree that I yeah. think would be healthier. Anyway. Yeah. There is definitely so, something yeah. to when you, like if your parents are talking to you about sex, it's just kind of like the basics I feel like if you had someone that's like, this is for women, at least, like, this is how you relax. This is how you focus on your pleasure. This is to go deeper into the conversation about sex and be able to tap into that. That form of education, I think, is rare to have, which is becoming more popular. But I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. And well, my number one video on YouTube is how to make a girl squirt. 
That's my number one. And I think that the yeah. reason why I'm even saying that to you is because you have an episode. Yeah. Called like my experience with squirting or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like my first time seven squirting. Yeah. And it was interesting because I was like, wow, okay. I don't think I've ever seen an episode or heard an episode <laughs> or seen a YouTube video about a woman graphically described. Well, it's not that graphic, <laughs> but graphic enough describing her experience with it. That's yeah. not a porn star. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, good for her. That's what I thought. I think good for her. <laughs> Thank you. It was very real and honest, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah, that's how I did the podcast. I would just kind of, I would record on my phone on Anchor. It wasn't a setup or anything. So I would just be in the car one day and I'd be like, you know what? I had this experience and I'm thinking about it right now. Let's just make a podcast about what it was like to experience that for the first time. So go check it out. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I think the coolest part of that story is that that you just busted out a little recording device and recorded a podcast in that moment. Yeah. And I feel like I should do that more. Like, that's really cool. It's like we, we <laughs> have the technology where we can do that. It's just mm-hmm. like record something and then all of a sudden it's out to the whole world and, mm-hmm. and just wild. Yeah. No editing. Uh, by the nothing. way, we're interrupting each other a bit. I believe it's because there's a little bit of a delay. So mm-hmm. we'll do our best here to... You know, I'll say something, then you start, oh, no, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. So we'll work on it. So you said your name. You said your age. You're from the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. What did you say you do for work? It's just a contract. But it's not the podcast. Position. Nope, it's not the podcast. It's a COVID contact tracer. <laughs> so it's just a temporary position. I wanted it that way. You work from home. It's very simple. What do you want to do with your life? Did you graduate college? No, I, I decided not to go that route. I ended up moving to North Carolina and actually was very into the entrepreneurship. And I was kind of like, I want to find someone who's got this figured out and I want to work under them. And I met my friend JP and that's a whole other thing. But I got into that rather than school. Okay. Yeah. So no plans on going back? <laughs> no plans on going back. Uh-uh. Don't think it's for me. I just thought about something. Is... You said you started your podcast and you don't do it anymore. There's only like eight episodes, but you did your podcast and you started it before the call her daddy girls. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. I've listened to a bunch of call her daddy episodes. I even listened to they split up and now they each have their own podcast. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a vibe there that's very original in the sense that you're not going to hear two females talk about sex or talk about the things that they do in the very raw, honest way, which is why I think they've gained so much popularity. But then there's like this other niche that you had, even though I know you Mm -hmm. only did the podcast for like a minute. And it was like almost an innocent and not overly (laughs) crass. Like it wasn't like try hard. It was like almost more real. Like when people listen to (laughs) Call Her Daddy, I imagine. Do you listen to that that podcast? Yeah, I listen to it a couple, but not consistently, no. Okay. So you get what I'm talking about. They're like very crass, very just honest, raw, in your face. And then you guys had something going. It felt like more normal, like almost more Mm -hmm. real. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think you should keep going with it. (laughs) <laughs> There's a reason. I think you had something way. there. <laughs> Thank you. I Why appreciate you, you saying that. Just because I 
didn't think anyone would listen to it. I literally would just be walking down the street on a walk and just hit record on my phone and just publish without listening to it, without editing it. I would just like basically talk to myself about what I was thinking in my head about sex or what I wanted guys to know. Like I was like, wow, I just had this experience and I just want to educate like, hey guys, this is what I wish happened. And this is maybe will be helpful for you and help other women have better sex as well. So yeah, it was definitely never, it was never meant to go big or be successful. It was just kind of like... I didn't want to take it seriously because then I think I'd be a perfectionist. So I, it had to be very raw. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, do you have a lot of experience? Like, have you had a lot of sexual partners or have you had a lot of relationships? I I haven't. Honestly, I wouldn't say I've slept with a lot of people. I was like poo-pooed relationships, serious relationships for like three years. Um, I've had flings I wouldn't say I'm like up in I I haven't had sex with 20 people so yeah I'm not like this big educated person but I do take a lot of confidence in the fact that my friend and I we would talk about sex and we would talk about how to have the best sex how to be good in bed basically I don't know if you were competitive or what we just wanted to be good in bed And I think the curiosity in wanting to be good in bed helps that happen because you, you know, a little bit more about what to do. And I think it's huge. What it came down to basically is having confidence and feeling okay to like feel pleasure was kind of what I realized. Interesting. Wait, let's talk about that. Yeah. Wait, so say that again. So the confidence. Having confidence. To feel. Yeah. mm Mm-hmm. And allowing yourself, for women at least, allowing yourself to yeah. fully relax and feel pleasure. I know that you can. Because <laughs> some girls some girls don't, you know? I think, yeah, a lot of girls don't. Like, what was the age that you had your first orgasm? For a lot of women, that is way later than men in life. That's not backed up by a study. I should look that up. But that's just from, like, anecdotal. But yeah. what do you think? When did you have that first experience? Like first orgasm from a partner or first orgasm just from like doing it myself? From anything. Yeah, from anything. Okay, my first orgasm, I'd say probably 11, 11 or Whoa. 10 or 11. Okay. Is that young? Yeah. It's not not from Listen, anyone I'm not, else. I'm not here to judge. <laughs> I don't know if that's young or not. I really have no idea. I guess I'd said whoa because... Well, you obviously, it makes sense that someone like you would have something like that in early age because you're very open and you talk about it and, mm-hmm. and all that. But I feel like that is, I don't know, as a guess, I would say most women will not experience it that young. Don't yeah. know for sure, but that's just my thought. Yeah. Men, for sure. <laughs> I agree. We discover that thing and we're just, we're playing with it, right? <laughs> like yeah. that's just, that's just what's happening. But yeah. When was your first one with a partner? It was probably when I was 18 or 19 years old. And it's funny because I'd been in a relationship for like a year and a half before him. We had sex, you know, he was like the first guy that I'd ever been with. And we were like having sex consistently for months. And I never had an orgasm from sex or like from anything that he did. I just didn't. I don't think I was comfortable like touching myself in front of him. I didn't know how to like move my body in order to like allow myself to finish. So when I was with this other guy like a year later, 
18. I just remember he was like hitting a spot and he was consistent with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think it's going to happen. And it did. And I just remember I was like, so like, I just was laughing. It was like this, like release on all levels. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. (laughs) It's possible. Yay. Now, were you doing it? Were you having consistent orgasms with yourself before that period? Yes. I figured that out. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So you figured that out. You were doing that. But with a person, Mm -hmm. it was months before you could actually have one. I find that Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. And what do you think changed? Was it just him hitting like, what was like the G spot? Or was it because you became more comfortable or all the above or? I think I stopped focusing on trying to make the sex good for him. And (laughs) we were just in a great position. It was hitting up against on the right spots. And I was like, all right, it's going to happen. And I felt comfortable enough for him to be like, don't move, like keep doing what you're doing. So yeah, that's basically the first time it happened. There is something to say, and I don't know if you want to get into this later, but from my experience, every female is different. But for me, you have to involve the clit. Like for me, I can't get off just from a guy being inside. Like I need there to be some sort of clit stimulation so that's why i came that first time was because he was right in the right most (laughs) okay that one i do have i can't cite exactly which study your poll but i have definitely Mm -hmm. heard that most women will need that clitoral stimulation Mm -hmm. in order to have an orgasm and very few will just be able to have penetrative sex to have an orgasm now i want to comment on that for a second what's interesting is I think you said something key there a little bit ago. You finally decided to relax and focus on you, and then it was able to happen easier. Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Right. I bet you that because you were trying to pleasure him and make sure he was having a good time. Yeah. I bet you that that experience where you were trying to just focus on yourself was probably his best experience too. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just gonna guess. Yeah, probably. Now, isn't think, that interesting? Is like mm-hmm. you finally focused on yourself, mm-hmm. but it ended up pleasing him. That's yeah. just I don't know. That's my thought. <laughs> yeah, I think that's 100 percent true. And I was talking about this with someone the other day that like someone was saying that oh guys don't really care that much if girls don't come, and I was kind of like, what? I think more than anything, a guy's main focus is like. And what they get off on the most is a woman finally like finishing and coming. Like that's what is like, oh my gosh, that's so hot. And I think a lot of guys would agree, but do I have that wrong? Do guys not? I mean, my heaviest hitting YouTube video. Yeah, was this At, hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Is the How to Make a Girl Squirt has 12 million views on it. So <laughs> that would support... What you're saying here, because making a girl squirt indirectly turns on the man, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like I have other videos on there that are specifically about the man getting pleasure. Like there's some blowjob stuff on there and those Mm -hmm. don't even come close to that. So Mm -hmm. I think, yes, I do think that men care a lot about pleasuring the woman. Now, what I want to say is some advice I've been giving guys as of late in terms of sex is similar to what you did is focusing on yourself. So I tell guys, try to focus on yourself and having a good time because when you're having a good time, 
that energy will transfer over to her mm -hmm. and she'll have a good time. If you're just like focusing on her and you're all nervous and making it all about her, I think that's a weird dynamic. I think that's like mm -hmm. really strange. But I think if you start to focus on yourself and you start to enjoy your pleasure, well, I think that that could help with erectile dysfunction. I think that can help mm -hmm. with premature ejaculation. Mm -hmm. So you're more in your body and less in your head, right? And so that's gonna help with pleasing you, pleasing her, and everyone kind of wins. It's very counterintuitive advice. You would think, no, if you want to pleasure her, you have to directly pleasure her. And yes, there's moments for that, right? If you want to be doing some certain moves or something like that. But I think it is important for guys. And now apparently, what you're saying for women yeah. to be focusing on yourself mm -hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. I think what you're saying is huge right now. And I hope everyone's like, yes, yes. Because I think for me, I'm like, oh, well, don't guys feel worried about just focusing on themselves because they might be afraid they're going to come too fast and then she's going to be like, oh my gosh, like didn't have a good time. But I think it is important for the guy to focus on himself and the girl to focus on himself. And then it's two people that are fully present and embodied and in touch with what's going on with them coming together. And I feel like it's like a balance of like being connected with each other and not in your head, fully relax into your body to like, fully mesh and then you'll have this it's just going to be raw and natural and how it's supposed to be and I feel like you're both going to just be able to let go I think unfortunately it makes me think to when I've had sex completely sober and then when I've had like smoked a joint or something and the anxiety and the heady thoughts start to kind of go away and you're just fully tapped into your body that's when I've had the best sex of my life and when they've also done it as well because I just feel like there's a different connection when you're both not in your head. I think what you're saying is huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're relaxed, right? When mm -hmm. you're relaxed. I think unfortunately, I don't, well, maybe not unfortunately, but I just think that guys want some tips and tricks on how to like access that comfortability really fast. But I don't know if that's necessarily possible. I think mm -hmm. that sometimes you're going to have to get to that point when you have slept with a girl for like five plus times. Yeah. I just, I don't know. There's things you can do and tricks you could do to help with it, but I don't know if you'll ever get to that point. Of course, unless you're like really drunk or something, <laughs> but besides that, it's like you don't necessarily get to that point. And so I try to tell guys in order to ease a little bit, the best thing they can do is just like breathe, relax, try to stay present, try to remember that there's no rush. You don't have to, you know, try to do anything really fast. You can take your time, really focus on the sensations of your body. So that takes you out of your, your mm -hmm. upstairs head, right? So mm -hmm. that's some of the stuff that I tell guys to relax, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's just, you could do all the little tricks that you want and it doesn't work. But I do feel that once you just start sleeping with that person a little bit more, inevitably mm -hmm. that will happen. I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Hasn't that happened with you? Like how many times yeah. has it been where you've slept with someone the first time and that first time was like mind blowing? Like maybe you've had it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. How many times has it been incredible when you've done it 10 plus times with that same person? What are your thoughts? How many times? Let's see. I think of one person in particular. I don't smoke anymore, but I did go through a phase where I would like have a little joint 
at night. And that honestly, (laughs) I'm like, feel bad saying it, but it did help the sex. And so when I was with this one guy, every time we did it, I just was not in my head and it was incredible. And the more that we got comfortable, it got better. So it's also kind of hard too, though, because sometimes when you've had sex with a person a lot, you don't want it to get boring. So then you're trying to like try new things and try to switch it up. And then you can get in your head all over again. So it is kind of a, a mind battle. And like the advice you're giving your guys to like breathe and stay focused is great. And it reminds you of like a meditation when you're trying to clear the mind of no thoughts, but you can't help but think about what to do or what not to do. I do have a question because I didn't realize that many men got nervous sleeping with a woman or were in their head about sleeping with a woman. I kind of thought... Well, they're not going to tell you about it. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Maybe a guy friend might, but Mm -hmm. do you have a lot of guy friends that are just friends? I, in my mind, for just friends, yeah. I worked with a lot of guys. In in Um, your mind. I had two guy roommates and we all hung out together. I think one okay. was interested. Did you the ever other hook one up with those guys. No, one of them. One of them we like made out years ago, but when I lived with them, no, we haven't hooked up. Okay, got it. Mm-mm. So your question was, oh yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of guys out there who do feel that way. I don't think every guy feels that way. I don't think I know any guy mm-hmm. who has not at least experienced one time some form of either erectile dysfunction or delayed ejaculation or premature ejaculation. Mm-hmm. Like we've all experienced that on some level to some degree. Mm-hmm. And is every single guy nervous? I don't know. I mean, I talk to a lot of guys who are nervous about it. I've mm-hmm. talked to friends who have been nervous at times. I've been nervous at times. Mm-hmm. It's definitely in the very beginning stages when you're mm-hmm. first dating someone or if it's like a one night stand. But then again, a lot of one night stands happen under the influence of alcohol mm-hmm. and usually you're just numb. So, so <laughs> you don't feel too nervous, who knows, but. Okay, I wanna go back to something we were talking about earlier. You said you and your girlfriend talk mm-hmm. about like how to be better. Like you were always mm-hmm. talking about like how to be better in bed. What were those things that you guys would say to each other to be better in bed? Like, what did that mean to you? Yeah. I remember the first time I ever asked her, it was right before I was like, gonna have sex for the first time. And she had been more experienced than me. And I was like, Brooke, like, what are your tips? We were having a sleepover. She literally got on the bed. She's like, all right, this is what you do when you're on top. And she was like, showing me what to do. And she's like, you can move your hips like this. She's like, but the main thing that I want you to get is to just be sexy. Like, tap into what makes you feel sexy like touch yourself, like feel good, fully let yourself relax and just do hot things. And for whatever reason, that was such a like, oh, okay, do hot things. And so from that moment, we would just, again, kind of help each other. Like, okay, what things have you noticed guys are really wowed about? Or how do you move your hips like this? So it was very, you know, visual, like hands on hand learning. She'd be like physically showing me what to do. And I think so also what thing specifically? It was definitely we definitely talked more about what to do when you're on top. And I'd also ask boyfriends, I'd be like, what's something that's really turned you on? Or what's something that 
feels really good or what's the best position where you feel the best at. And I really am trying to learn to be better always. So what was that? What was the consensus from the guys that I've dated asking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. What did they say? All right. Was there so, like a pattern <laughs> that you saw? Like would they said something? Oh, we like this. We like this. Yes, definitely a pattern and specific to blowjobs. It was kind of a pattern with what they all liked. A new one that I just found out was there's like your guys's balls and to like not pinch the balls, but to like pull down on that skin. Does that sound familiar? So it's like if you've got uh, something in your maybe. hand, you've got like the tip of it and there's like the balls right there that you would kind of like pull it down a little bit to get pressure on the on the prostate, I think. So does that sound interesting? I don't know if I've heard <laughs> it like, described ah. in that way, but <laughs> maybe you set me up. Do you mean too. like putting pressure like on the perineum? That's the spot in between the anus and the balls. It's like it's called the perineum. Yeah, putting pressure on that. Yes, he did talk about that. There was something about like pulling the foreskin on the balls down, and then you're also holding on to the shaft and the head. You like pull it down, so there's kind of like more tension, I guess. Sorry, I'm doing visual stuff. I kind of forget where I am. Okay, interesting. Have you heard that from more than one guy? No, that was the first one. So tell me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm still trying to understand exactly. But what other patterns did you see? Everyone would talk about kind of lightly rubbing the head. So focusing on the head of the penis, I think that was just across the board. But every guy was interested in eye contact, making it extra sloppy and wet. Definitely stimulation with the balls as well as you're going. I mean, uh Call her daddy. They talk about the, was it the Glock Glock 4000 or something like that? Have you heard about that? I don't know. I don't listen to enough Call Her Daddy. I don't <laughs> listen to a handful of episodes. Okay. Well, yeah. Basically, I remember from before even hearing about this technique, I had done something very similar. And then Call Her Daddy talked about it. And do you want me to describe <laughs> what it is? You can describe it. Yes. I don't think any guy is going to do this, but go ahead. Okay, that's true. Maybe they can teach their girlfriends that they meet how to do whatever you're talking about. Yeah. Basically, just two hands. You make it extra wet and sloppy. You get like the full balls and shaft and head, and you just kind of do double hand while you're sucking on it as well, and then also stimulating the balls and looking up. It's basically like a whole caller daddy also talks about it. But Sounds like doing a little bit of everything. Yep, definitely. Well, now what about women? What are you and your girlfriend saying that across the board, you guys are like, oh, wow, we like this in the bedroom? So from all the girls that I've talked to, everyone agrees that having kind of more of a connection with your partner. So something that we all agreed on was for the guy not to just initiate sex and then just go to pound town. That was like a big no-no to just start off right away with that and like be away from her and not touch her and just like start pounding her like a gorilla. That was all a no. The biggest things that all the girls were like, I really love this is when it starts out slower, that they're kind of moving their hips in a way that's going to rub up against her clit, that they're touching her body, looking at her, kissing her, like When you can touch every area in the body, like touch her legs, touch behind her legs, 
touch her face, kiss her, kiss down. Women like to feel held and adored and cared for, that passion. And so when you're kind of slowly going into her, moving your hips in a certain way and pressing up against the clit, all the girls across the board are like, yeah, that's when it's perfect. But there's also a time and a place, I think, where all the girls liked a mix of everything, where you have that slow kind of sensual, passionate start. And then over time, you can kind of go back into kind of a harder thrusting and penetration and flipping her around and kind of taking more of like a dominant masculine approach. But yeah, it's funny. So kind of the same thing, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, yeah. A little bit of everything. But I hear what you're saying. That's a really good tip, actually, Mm -hmm. is... Even if you are in that moment where it's like super intense lust and you feel like it's totally one of those moments where you can just go to pound town in the very first 10 seconds. I think no matter what is you shouldn't. It's like you can get there, but even mm-hmm. in the very, very beginning, always treat it a little bit more, a little bit more sensual, sensual. I guess mm-hmm. we'll say. Yeah. I feel like you could take it to like when you guys have the sexual tension is built up throughout the whole entire night and you guys do just want to pounce on each other and the guy could just go into like that dominant like hard penetration. You could take that energy and still do it, but like hold her close while you're doing it. Like you could go hard, but like, I don't know, like touch, like I had this visual in my head of like, say you guys have the sexual tension energy and you're like behind her. You could like kind of lift her up and come from behind and like grab onto her boobs and like pull down her shoulders to like really show her that you like really want her. And just, I think touching and being super passionate and grabbing and like touching all over while doing the hard thrust in the beginning, if you have that like strong sexual tension injury is a great way to keep it that like pound town vibe, but also very sensual and like sexy and um passionate you know basically what you just described there that was really good because what you just described there is the exact opposite of of most porn (laughs) and that's the reason why porn can be destructive Mm -hmm. when you know under 18 kids are are learning about sex Mm -hmm. because that is what sex is what you just described Mm -hmm. but when you watch porn you don't normally see that because that's not what is good visually for the camera because they're thinking mm-hmm. about how do I perform for the camera because there's a third yeah. person there. That's the viewer, right? And so that's not how sex is. I think it's okay to watch porn to like maybe grab a couple of moves and learn a couple of moves. But beyond mm-hmm. that, it's it's not good. First of all, do you watch pornography at all? I do sometimes, Yeah. Okay. Are you just saying sometimes because your dad might be listening or? <laughs> no, no, I, I do. Definitely. Like, I think a lot of women I that I'm friends with, at least, if you use your mind to think about situations or moments that you thought were hot. And when you feel like you just don't want to think or that's not going to do it, then I watch porn. Yeah. How many times per week are you watching it? I mean, I just got out of a relationship. So but honestly, when we were together, we'd watch it probably like once a week. It kind of ebbs and flows. Sometimes I would watch it every time I did it for like two months. And then sometimes I would go like a whole year without watching it. It's just kind of hit or miss. Okay. Now, did you watch it when you were younger? Did you watch yeah. it when you were when you were <laughs> under 18? 
Yeah. Like a lot? When I first, I remember I would watch, <laughs> some people might be able to relate, I would watch these like streamed movies or whatever. And on the side, there were all these like pornographic advertisements that would pop up that you could click on. And I remember like watching some of the clips and like I was young. I think this is what helped me first figure out how to orgasm when I was like 11. Because that's like sixth grade. You have a laptop. You're like checking things out. And I remember just somehow ending up on certain sites and seeing sex. And I was like, whoa, I don't, this is wild, but it's making me feel things. And then you start to get curious. And then you're like, oh, I want to go watch that again when you feel that feeling. Do you think that it ruined your view of sex at all? Definitely, unfortunately. Really? And I don't just agree. Yeah. I mean, do you really believe that? I th- thousand percent believe that. Like because why? It, like, what do you think it yeah. did? It made me go, oh, that's how I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be really loud. I'm supposed to be very kind of raunchy and, and sexual. So I was thinking I had to, like, do all this and be very, very vocal and say like very naughty things. And I remember I was with my first love and we were in love and we had sex. We had waited like eight months to have sex. And I went into that mode of porn mode. And I remember he sat down, he had a talk with me and he's like, hey, he's like, I love the sexiness. I love that you're so vocal and stuff. He's like, but I want more connected sex. Like I want to feel interesting, connected. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I remember we'd have phone sex and I would be like, oh yeah, I want you to do this, this, and this. Me thinking, oh, guys love this. He's going to eat this up. But he was like, it kind of made me feel uncomfortable. And so I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong? So that was a yeah, huge 180 like, for me. Like it wasn't authentic maybe. He was like, yeah. is this, who is this person? This isn't Paige yeah. anymore. Yeah, exactly. What's going on here? Yeah, interesting. It can warp the young brains. I feel lucky that I grew up in a time because I'm 36, 37. Mm-hmm. The only thing that we had available was like, you could see a picture of like Jenny McCarthy. Who's like, <laughs> do you even know who that is? Yeah, I know, the blonde. Okay, yeah. So like you could see those pictures of like the girls who were in Playboy and they happened to be on the internet, but but mm-hmm. you were not able to see that kind of stuff. It wasn't until college where you could kind of get access to seeing like lots of pornography at once, Mm -hmm. but literally a click away, just insane. Anyway, (laughs) we were talking about the things that women like in bed. You said one thing about the don't go to pound town right away, be a little bit more sensual. What else? I revert back to like the times I've had sex and I haven't liked it. Things that they did that I was just like, oh, I wish they were doing this. So I don't know if it'd be helpful to start with that instead. No, that's great. So what is that? I wish they were doing this. What's this? When it's almost like I can tell that they're trying to be very dominant and like masculine and they're trying to like fuck me basically and they're just like want to show it. And it's almost like they're trying, trying too hard and it's a complete disconnect. I definitely agree that there's a time and a place for that. And that can be extremely hot and sexy and like, yeah, like he's in his masculine. I love this. But right off the bat, again, you just feel so disconnected. And I think for, you know, a lot of women, that's not how we operate. We want to feel cared for. The guys as well that 
never focus on the clit, that they would just completely focus on or, tr- or trying to find it and failing. Yeah, exactly. Like I, the way I like to describe it, I was just talking with someone about this is if a girl was just focused on like your balls and the shaft, you would be like, okay, this feels good. Like I can get down with this, but I just wish they would touch my, the head of my dick. Right, and then, literally where the nerves are. Yeah. For women, it's like having a man inside of us is amazing and feels so good. And like, that's why we get wet and we feel good. And we want to do it. But it's almost like, okay, this feels so good. But if you could just touch the tip of my dick or like the clit, that's what would be the game changer and get me to come. So I can't stress that enough, to be honest, is and. Part of me is like, oh, it's very repetitive. All guys know this. But when I've been with guys, they aren't focusing on it. They'll maybe focus on it for a little, but they're not really making sure that they're focused on it to where I can come. So, yeah. See, I don't think I could have anyone else on this podcast that would be able to describe that in the way that you did, because I think that a lot of women would be hesitant to even say any of that, even though they could say it. But it is nice to have someone on here, which is why I had you on the podcast, because you feel free and open to be able to discuss in the way that you do. And I just want to thank you for that, because I think that's a that's a pretty big deal. Thanks. Cool. So before we wrap up here, you have tens of thousands of guys listening to this. Is there anything that you'd like to say to them regarding anything about sex or the sexual experience? It can be anything. It can be a tip. It can be a thought, Mm -hmm. an opinion, whatever it may be. I'm putting you on the spot here, but sometimes that's the best way to see what filters through and comes to the top of mind. Yeah, of course. Thank you. What I would want to tell you is like, I think there's a lot of pressure to feel like you're enough for the girl. So if you're going on a first date with someone and you think she's gorgeous, you're out of your league, or you just really want to press her, But that comes from a place of needing to almost prove your worth, like prove your sense of self, prove that you're good enough for her. And I think when you go into situations and you're trying to make someone like you, trying to win over their approval, it takes you out from being yourself. And there's also an energy to that as well, that the woman will pick up on that is not attractive. And that if you can have a guy who goes in And this is the self-confidence piece and say, I'm confident in who I am. I know I have a lot to offer. I am going to be okay with myself regardless if this doesn't work out. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to see if I genuinely really like her. And I'm going to ask her questions that are important to me. And I'm going to be listening to the answers. And I'm going to be making the judgment about her to see if I want to be with her rather than just kind of taking a position of I'm trying to like get her to like me or get to be cool enough, or suave enough, or whatever. It's like, that might be a sign that you should kind of maybe ask yourself questions for why you feel like you need to do that. And then when you are progressing with a woman, to have asked her enough questions about herself to get a vibe of who she is, and kind of connect more into her energy. And be able to, when you are going into like a sexual place with her, to, again, what you talked about, not be in your head, but to be very, like wanting to initiate it with her because you feel 
connected to her in some way, that you feel attracted to her and to like really slow down. I think that's going to be the best advice because I think we get in our heads, hormones, cool. whatever you're trying to be fast, but just slow down a little. Cool. I like it. Some good stuff there. Definitely some, Thanks. some things I would have said as well. Very good. Uh-huh. Paige, where can guys find you if they want to follow what you're doing and see what you're up to? If you even want guys to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so TikTok, I think I'm starting to focus on that a lot more. My TikTok is Paige Lackey with two Y's at the end. And then same for Instagram as well. And if you want to listen to the podcast, it's called Two Girls Talking About Sex. And you can just Google it and it will pop up on Apple Podcasts, all the things. But yeah. Hopefully we'll, I'll start we'll posting more. in the show notes. Yeah, you should. I'm telling you. I think guys would like it. And I'll have you on enjoy it. to ask you questions because I'm curious, actually. I have a couple questions yes. for guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to have me on on the comeback episode. Yeah, that's right. Honestly, a, would you want to do that? put on an episode. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I'm in. You do it? Okay, Don't even cool. ask. Let's, let's I have a lot it. of questions. And you talk to a lot of guys, so I'll be good. Good. I'll have all the answers for you. Hell yeah. Cool. All right, Paige. Guys, check her out. Stuff of hers is in the show notes. Paige, thanks again for being here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. <laughs>